welcome to the Disc Collective Podcast. We're glad you could join us. I'm Greg Lambrecht, founder of Intrinsic Therapeutics and one of the inventors of the Barricade Annular Closure Device. In this four-part interview series, Getting the Most from Barricade, you'll hear from Dr. Pierce Nunley, who you heard from in the first series, and Dr. Adissa Kursumovic, who is a neurosurgeon, interventional neuroradiologist, and radiologist in feelingen Schwenningen, Germany. You're listening to the fourth and final chapter, Pangea Real-World Registry. So without further ado, let's hear from these two great spine surgeons. So the next thing that we want to talk about is the, the registry that uh, you're part of. And tell us uh, a little bit about Pangea. Once we've started implanting Barricade, there was much less clinical evidence than it is uh, out there right now. That was one of the reasons why I've decided to uh, follow up all of my patients in a registry. And it all started with the Excel sheet and the data I was putting in. But it was very important for me to see if this implants really work as it should in my hand Mm -hmm. and how my patients are doing after implanting. And that's the reason why I actually started very small with the limited numbers or the numbers that I only had. And with the time, it developed into something great. And especially, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, through the fact that we were uh, taking part in the RCT and then being able to compare these different populations, the one which was in this strictly controlled, limited or clinical trial setting, and the one who we treated in the real world setting, it did give me a great opportunity to compare these two groups, to compare the groups who got barricade. I've even done a research in the real world setting, divided the patients into two groups, into the one who would potentially fulfill the criteria of the RCT and the one who didn't, and then to compare these uh, populations. And, you know, this whole potential of uh, what you can do with with combining of all these registries and the RCT data led to the fact that I was a co-initiator of this uh, great Pangea program, which is actually, it's similar to my Excel sheet, (laughs) but it's um, available to anyone. So there is no pressure you can choose what you want to follow up. You can choose uh, which data you want to include. But I personally believe that it's very important that we follow up our patients in a kind of registry, that we try to exchange our experiences. It allows us a peer-to-peer conversations. It allows us easier accessing of all this information. It allows us to compare ourselves to the others, to compare ourselves to the randomized trials. So therefore, I really would love to encourage everyone who starts with implanting barricade, but not only barricade, I think uh, it occurs to all of our procedures. If it's possible, please follow up your patients and please try to do it in a a way like we offer with the Pangea Registry and include your patients in this great registry. It will, it will help our patients, but it will help us. It will help the colleagues among each other to learn from each other. And I'm, I really appreciate that we are connecting uh, through different uh, strategies, through podcasts, that we are connecting through conferences. 
because I strongly believe that you do not have to repeat mistakes that we've done in the real world setting, in the RCT setting. So you really are lucky that you are starting a decade after we've done all of our research and all of our uh, operations. (laughs) And um, I'm really glad to share our experience. I'm glad to tell you what we've done. And you don't have to repeat the same mistakes that we've, we've done. Yeah, I think that's so important. And thank you for sharing that because data is so needed with new technology. I mean, even data with the technology that's been accepted for decades is one thing, but for new technology, it's really needed. You know, I'm involved in a few registries, so uh, it takes time and an effort, but it's so worth that uh, investment of of a little bit of time from office staff and from yourself. And so I really, along with you, encourage anybody that's uh, listening to this to please Take the little extra time and energy to do that. Put it part of your routine. And, and once it becomes routine, then it's a routine and you're not, uh, you're not really thinking about it. And I think that's really so important. So I guess I can assume that annular closure from your perspective is something that's here to stay? It is. It definitely is. I don't think that annular closure is the solution of the disk problem, but it's the part of it. Mm-hmm. Similar to the thoughts that uh, Claudius Tomei had in the first podcast, I also believe we will have to address nucleus as well. Mm-hmm. So if you are able to close an annulus, to seal the hole in an annulus, and to kind of keep the pressure inside the disk, you will want your chondrocytes, you will want your nucleus to regrow again. There will be something, I believe, that we will be injecting it inside of this Mm -hmm. space in order to revise the degeneration of the disk. So annular closure, in my opinion, is the part of the solution, but it's not the solution for the disk problem. But it's a a big step towards um, solving the disk degeneration problem. I think that's precisely correct. And I think that when we look at it as a continuum, uh, say take the cervical spine, for example, I think there will be disc therapies there. You know, we have uh, TDR and then we have fusion. And, you know, sometimes if it's too far gone, you have to fuse them. You have no choice. Uh, So I think the same thing with lumbar spine, but there's another gear there. This is a new level. So you've got disc therapies that we're working on. I've been involved in a few RCTs uh, with those. And then If you have to do a discectomy, then you have these patients that this device fits into in the continuum that will help the longevity of that patient. And then the next, maybe disc replacement, depending on where in the world you are, in the United States, they're not favored very much, but then fusion. As we think through this process and look at the data, it seems pretty clear that Barricade has a clear spot in these patients that we've talked about in both uh, yourselves and Dr. Tomei. And I just think it's really fascinating. I I guess with that, do you have any final thoughts about Barricade and about uh, what the future is in disc disease? Well, I also think the procedures that you have earlier mentioned are also here to stay. In the future, you will also be addressing uh, patients in different stage of disc degeneration. I've developed the term connected to barricade, which is barricade is suitable for the patients or for the discs worth fighting for. 
Ah. Sometimes you simply have discs which are not, which are so narrow, which are definitely gone, and you will have another, and you will need another procedures. But in terms of using barricade, I really developed this definition. Barricade is suitable for the discs worth fighting for. God, I love that. I, I don't know if marketing is listening, but that's got to go on a marketing brochure somewhere. It's been a real pleasure talking with you over the last hour and really wish you the best in your practice. Thank you so much. The pleasure was mine. You take care. Well, this concludes our podcast and uh, it's been a real great experience and uh, we wish you all the best. Uh, take care. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Drs. Menley and Krasumovich, and we look forward to having them back soon. Next episode begins a new series, so please subscribe to the Disc Collective podcast wherever you're listening. To watch the full interviews and to learn more about the Barricade annular closure device, head over to youtube.com forward slash barricade. Thanks to Dr. Nunley and Dr. Krasumovich, and thank you for listening and for helping us build a world where lumbar herniation doesn't define lives. Barricade is indicated for reducing the incidence of reherniation and reoperation in skeletally mature patients with radiculopathy, with or without back pain, attributed to a posterior or posterior lateral herniation, and confirmed by history, physical examination, and imaging studies, which demonstrate neural compression using MRI to treat a large annular defect between four and six millimeters tall and between six and 10 millimeters wide, following a primary discectomy procedure at a single level between L4 and S1. All medical devices have risks. Please refer to barricade.com instructions for a full list of benefit and risk information. U.S. law restricts this device to sale by or on the order of a physician. The guests on this podcast are consultants of intrinsic therapeutics. Until next time on the Disc Collective Podcast. Mm-hmm.